The views and opinions expressed on the 10-8 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 10-8 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Welcome back to the 108 podcast. This is episode 34. That's right, 34 episodes and you don't stop. I swear, it's just like the mafia. Every time I think I'm out, every time I think, you know what, I'm done. Not enjoying this anymore. You pull me back in with your support. Welcome everybody to the episode. My guest today is going to be Dr. Elizabeth Delery and our episode is going to be all about ADHD. That's right. ADHD with Dr. D. That's what we're here for, guys. Welcome to the show. Um, Dr. Delery is making her third appearance on the show. Uh, in the interview, I say that she is like our first repeat offender. I mean, guest. That's not true. Um, you got the Project 109 episodes. You've got the Jersey Boys. They don't count. You've got Lamont Quarker. So... I misspoke and I apologize just getting ahead of that before anything. Um, so yeah, but happy to have Elizabeth on here again. She's going to be on in the future as well for drunk cops tree. Um, that being, I'm sorry, drunk cops four. That's it. Um, so anyway, welcome to the show again, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed last week's episode. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode and hopefully you keep enjoying because really, your feedback is what keeps me doing this. Um, I got to tell you, and being 100% honest, it's been a little rough each and every week to continue to make the episodes. Um, as much as I enjoy the feedback you guys give me and as much as I enjoy talking to my guests, it's it's just it's a lot. It is a lot. Plus, you know, my transition to night shift, that's kind of made it a lot too, made it a lot more difficult because when I wake up after work, I... I'm either going to get right back ready for work. I'm going to hit the gym or something, but you know, spending time working on the podcast has kind of fallen down on the rungs of priorities for me, but we're going to stick with it. We're going to keep it going because I know you guys enjoy it and I do enjoy it too. Um, it's just a lot on the plate. So thank you guys for sticking with me. If you are enjoying what I'm doing, rate review, subscribe, and, uh, just let me know, 
go to the the post that you found this on on the Instagram and just leave a leave a comment. You know, tell me what you thought of the episode. That that I swear that is more than enough. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. The intro was uh, Africa as covered by Weezer. When I went to Ireland, this song was all over the radio, but I couldn't tell that it was Weezer. I thought it was the original, and I was like, man, these Irish love Toto. I mean, who doesn't? But that's what I thought. I didn't know that Weezer had just released the cover and it was a big hit and shit like that. So when I hear that song, I think of Ireland. Kind of weird. But um, the part, you know, where I, when I brought the music down, I was like, sing. Um, <laughs> it reminded me, like, way back when, I, you know, I talked about this one when uh, Officer Campbell was on the show. By the way, check out his podcast, Caffeine and Sarcasm. When he was on the show, I talked that I had a, a broadcasting background, or that's what I wanted to do back in the day. I also mentioned it when other Indiana people were on the show, uh, the Hey My Man podcast guys. Go check them out, Dave and Ben. And um, it, I, yeah, so that kind of reminded me of it. It also reminded me of when I was a senior in high school, I got to MC and DJ uh, a Relay for Life walk we had in my high school with the local radio station. So like they gave me their equipment. Um, I was supposed to help out the DJ and he was like the, the DJ, like, you know, like you're the most popular DJ in every radio station. Like, you know, his name, uh, that was him. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to dip out of here, kid. So like, don't break my shit and I'm out. Peace. So we did. And it was, it was so cool. And I remember some of the ground rules that the promoters were like, listen, for relay for life. The first thing we do is a walk in complete silence a lap around, it was supposed to be a track, but it stormed that night, so it was around the school, uh, the inside of the school, so um, first thing we do is is that, is complete silence, and then we do um, a lap for survivors of cancer, I was like, okay, that's cool, but they're like, one ground rule, and this happened last year, and we can't let it happen again, I said, okay, what is it? The song you pick after the silent lap is very important. Last year, the kid decided to play Another One Bites the Dust. After the, the, after the lap for those that have died of cancer. Now, I've got a sick sense of humor, but that even that kind of pushes the envelope for me. So it just reminded me of that. And it also, you know, it makes me think of, like, I wouldn't mind being an event DJ. Like, you know, like, aside from the fact that I'd have to play what other people would want to listen to. Like, I'll do it and listen, play my music. I'm cool with it. I'll even, like, play pop tunes, but I'll play stuff from, like, that I like. You know what I mean? Like, I'll play stuff that I grew up with, like some B.B. Mac. Like even even modern day stuff, like get some T Swizzy out there. But bro, if I'm DJing your event, we are not listening to Cardi B. I promise. So if you want some uh, ten eight events, you know what I mean. Like you want me just to MC your event. If you got if you're getting married, if you got like a quinceanera coming up, uh, call me, bro. Let's do it. Let me let me ten eight a size your quinceanera or your bar bar mitzvah bat mitzvah. Dave, Dave from Hey My Man. You, I know you're listening. Call me. Tell me if it's a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. Let me know. I need to know the difference. 
<laughs> anyway, guys, I don't need this is this is all the ADD guys. This is the entire point of the episode today. Um, so anyway, coming up next, we do have my conversation with Elizabeth Delery, and we're going to talk science, and we're going to talk the brain, and we're going to talk ADHD, and why you might have it too. So stay tuned, check it out. We'll be right back. Why do all the monsters come out at night? Why do we sleep when we want to hide? Why do I run back to you like I don't mind if you fuck up my life? Another day, another headache in this hangover. All right, and welcoming, or I'm going to welcome back to the show. She's actually the Jersey Boys excluded, uh, the first person to be on the show three times. And if you take out drunk cops, then only two times. Still, it's a first. So uh, that being said, welcome back to the show, Dr. Delery. So uh, the VIP right here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, hi, you guys. <laughs> yeah, everyone wanted to hear more science talk with Dr. D. So, you know, we figure we'll bring it on, bring you on, and we'll see what we can get into this time. Everyone loves the D. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's just, I'm going to recap what we talked about last time. If anyone hasn't checked out the episode we had with you last time, then they can know what they're missing. Um, we talked about dopamine. We talked about being, um, how we are like genetically predetermined to be first responders. And what else we talked, we talked about a lot of things. We didn't talk about Harambe that episode. <laughs> it was a lot of uh, uh, bouncing around in topics. I went back and listened and I was like, this is, this is a cluster. I was uh, yeah. excited and like, I mean, super excited about everything and, and just kind of went off. So I think it's, you know, I want to preface today's episode by saying I did take my Adderall today. <laughs> okay. So, so if we're... you listen to episode five and then now you can kind of see, you know, how I'm still excited about science, but it's more paced and right, manageable. Right. More structured. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's to be determined. I mean, I, I've, <laughs> I've kind of gotten away from my structured formats and you'll see that things are way more free flowing, which is kind of nice. And I don't know, maybe it's jumbled. I don't know, but that kind of brings into what we're talking about today. Uh, the, um, key point or the key topic we're going to talk about is ADD and how that affects, uh, law enforcement and first responders and just people in general, um, and ADHD and all that good stuff, because we kind of, you know, growing up, all the kids with ADD or ADHD, those were all like the hyper bunch that were always like causing problems and whatever. And I never thought of myself as that. Um, you know, I was just kind of the the chill kid that whatever stayed away from people. And then now, uh, through talking to D, um, 
we were talking about different symptoms I have and I'm like, yeah, I've got this like anxiety thing. And I explained it and she's like, mm, maybe not, maybe not. And that's, that's kind of what opened the box. And um, so we're going to go uh, talk about that today. So why don't you kind of explain to people kind of how our conversation started way back when, when we first started talking and, you know, what people may be misunderstanding about ADD and ADHD and how it relates to being an adult as opposed to a kid. Yeah, and that's a great, a great topic. Um, you know, I do want to preface that I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, so I, I can't make diagnoses, um, but I'm a researcher. Uh, and since I personally have ADHD, I've always been fascinated with figuring out kind of what causes it, how does it work, you know, all of the stigma around it. Um, because we're around the same age and growing up, I know, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's not a, a disorder. It's just, you know, a personality flaw. Um, and it's really not because, you know, I, you, I mean, you, you know, too, in talking, um, we're very similar. I think that's kind of where I picked up on, um, you know, that you might, I'm not going to say closet, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm helping you come out of the ADHD closet and, um, you know, that, that people who kind of think the same way, you know, are oftentimes, you know, drawn to each other because you can keep up, you know, when I, I'm not taking Adderall and I, I jump around in our conversations, like, especially that very first interview, you know, you're able to follow along, you know, bounce back and forth. If I get distracted, it's like, oh, look, a squirrel, you know, you're right there with me, just as excited that there's a squirrel there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think it's a lot of the times as adults now, it's, it's finding out that like, you know, a lot more of us had this in common. Um, and it was really surprising after that, at that first episode, I got a couple emails um, from cops from your page. You were like, you know, like if you ever decide to study law enforcement and ADHD, like let me know, I'll participate. And uh, I went down a rabbit hole and it's like a lot of police officers I would gather are probably ADHD or somewhere on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the basics of it. Um, it is, it stands for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, you do hear people refer to it as ADD, uh, but that's kind of a misnomer. The official medical term is ADHD. But ADD came around because it's got like three presentations. You've got, you know, it's a spectrum of it. You, you have pros and cons with each aspect of it. You have those of us who are super hyperactive. Um, you have those who are super inattentive. And then you have some who are a little bit of both. You know, they're distracted by squirrels and they want to run around and jump on everything. Um, and it's a neurological developmental disorder. Um, and so some people are actually um, arguing that maybe we should change the name to NDD for neurological developmental disorder Mm. because it covers more of that spectrum that you see with it. Okay. And um, I remember, I think I had a college professor and they were talking about it and they said, you know, when, and you're going to have to correct me speaking of college professors um, (laughs) where there's one part of it where it's like, Oh, I want to talk about this. I want to look at this. I want to look at this. I want to look at this. And then there's another one where it's like, no, I see this pen and this is the only thing I want to learn about. And I want to learn about this pen completely. Can you kind of explain that? Yeah. And that's kind of an interesting phenomenon with it, because when you think attention deficit, you think like, oh, maybe you can never, ever focus. But one Mm -hmm. of like, I think the more unique symptoms with ADHD is this hyper focus that you see that it it swings between becoming just like absolutely obsessed with this topic and like not really being able to let it go. You know, there, there's documented cases of, you know, people just finding a topic they love and, you know, eight hours later, they're still working on that topic and they have no idea eight hours passed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And then meanwhile, you know, you could be sitting in college and your professor says, you know, one thing and you're distracted and you can't even focus on one tiny thing for the rest of the day. Um, so it's definitely all over the place. And I've, I've had moments where, you know, I'm bouncing all over the place versus when I was like preparing for this, uh, this uh, interview. And I was like, okay, let me go down the science. And, you know, next thing you know, it's been an hour and I've, you know, read a ton of papers and gone down a bazillion rabbit holes of like mm -hmm. the current literature and research. And it's like, yeah, it's, you know, you've definitely got this, this polarity to it. Yeah. I've noticed even with me, I'm still, I don't think my doctors have actually said that I have this yet. We're still kind of unboxing everything, but, um, you know, I've noticed with me and, and just going through our talks, it's like, and things I picked up from like the different ADD or ADHD memes you send me. I'm like, Oh God, that is me. That's so me. <laughs> and it's like, I've thought of me as a kid and me now, like I'll get fixated on something, but yeah, it's kind of come to the point where I'm just all over the place. And like, I always joke, like when I clean, I'll start here. And then when I go to put something away, then I start here. And like, you know, if my camera could show this entire room, it would be bad, but. But the other unique thing with that is, is even though it's chaotic to an external observer, one of that, you know, the cool characteristics of it is that you probably know where every single thing yes. is. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like they may not make sense logically or in order. You may have a television remote in your fridge, but mm -hmm. like, you know where it is at all times. And, you know, it can be especially, you know, disconcerting as children you know, if your parents come up to clean your room and then like you lose it and have this just massive emotional response because, you know, someone's touched your order and like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it may be chaotic to others, but it's order to you. And it's that structure that kind of you create for yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always uh, say it's organized chaos and like my girlfriend, she's OCD. So that clashes right? because <laughs> like she needs everything neat and orderly. But, you know, you look at my, my place and it's like, what's going on here? But and this has happened so many times where like right now you said, Hey, go get something. I know exactly where it is. But if I tidied up and put things where they're supposed to be, and then you tell me to go find it, I will go back to where it was, but I will for totally forget where it's supposed to be. And it's just, it's crazy. And I've always had that issue. And like, you know, I think about my locker growing up, my, my desk in school, my backpack, like I'll start. Right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Everything. Well, now my bed's on the floor. So I eliminated that, no. but but I, you know, I start very neat and orderly and everything, but then as life continues, everything just kind of gets piled up and shoved in and whatever. And it's like, I don't want that. Like I would like more order and like structure and everything. Cause it, you know, it does, it's, it is chaotic and it can be overwhelming, but at the same time, I know where things are, but if, if it kind of comes down to like, if your system works for you, then I can't tell you how to make your system. Well, I mean, I bet like if I were to ask you right now, like you know, out of the piles of chaos, find me, you know, an NCIC and chill or whatever that sticker is like, you would know, you know, exactly where it was. If it was your last one and like, say you dropped it and then forgot to pick it up, but it slid under the bed, but like you knew that it was there mm -hmm. and then went about your life and did your own thing. But if I were to, you know, prime you and say, Hey, where is this? You know. Like yep. <laughs> there's yep. no structure or organization to it. So uh, true. Because... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that you said that and I have one like last <laughs> uh, meme unit patch and it's somewhere on an end table. And yeah, someone was like, Hey, do you have any more of those patches? I was like, hold on a second. Look, there it is. Like totally forgot about it. But when I was primed, there it was. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what they're starting to give the term executive um, dysfunction to. 
you know, a lot of things with ADHD, it is kind of, I guess you could say, newer in the terms of, you know, diagnoses of things. And so therefore there aren't a lot of, you know, terminology available for the different types of like symptoms, uh, but they're starting to give the term executive dysfunction, um, you know, to that kind of organized chaos to show that like, you know, yes, we still are capable of functioning as human beings. Like we can have successful careers and jobs. I got a fucking PhD, but at the same time, like we can also struggle with some basic things like, you know, organization compared to like normal quote unquote standards, um, you know, timing, you know, being mm -hmm. on time to things, <laughs> um, forgetting important dates. Hey, if, I mean, if, uh, <laughs> if anyone's listening and you're like being picked out, take a shot. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that's how a lot of people our age, um, which by the way, I cut you off. I'm sorry, but, um, the date thing, I'm so bad with dates, <laughs> so bad. And like, not only am I bad with dates, like I have calendar on my phone. Well, actually I got multiple calendars on my phone, which doesn't help the ADD by or the ADHD, by the way, because like, oh, I got to check outlook for this. I got to check my staffing calendar for this. I got Then I have a calendar in my kitchen that I try to mark everything down, but it's only so big. So yeah, I was so bad. And then like people text me like, Hey, you like, for example, our, our, uh, our <laughs> conversation today, it was supposed to be last week and then something came on top of it. And I'm sure anyone listening that I've scheduled interviews with, like I have an interview later this evening that I had to reschedule because I totally forgot that there was something else in that time. So, like, it's just and it, so it's not, bad. It's not malicious either. That's no, I think no. the most painful part about it, you know, someone experiencing it because none of us mean poorly. Like, it doesn't mean that we don't care about you. Like, I, you know, I, I know this now. I don't take it personally. Like, if you, I know you really well at this point, you know, if you forget about me, it's not because, you know, you don't care about me and you've truly forgotten about me. It's that, you know, I get it. Something's come up, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not even about, you know, it could be the most important date of your life. You know, it could be the, the day your child is born, for example, um, oh, or God, your I wedding. hope I remember that. <laughs> And, and you can just forget. And it's <laughs> I'm just not... going to be sitting in a podcast interview one day. Like, I should be doing something right now. Meanwhile, at the church somewhere, it's like, really? Baptism, wedding. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I, I think a good example of that is, is uh, Robin Williams and Flubber. That mm -hmm, he kept mm -hmm. missing his wedding over and over and over again. And it's got, you know, he got in that hyper-focused. Like, it was working. Everything was making sense. Like, that, that, that stereotype that he has in that entire movie is, you know, ADHD. Like, if you need to picture it, that's, you know, kind of. Um, mm -hmm, and what mm -hmm. it is. Um, so it is, it's a fascinating thing. And I think, you know, they missed a lot of us in diagnoses because, you know, I'm almost 30. Um, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. But, you know, in the 90s when we were born in, in late 80s, um, you know, this was a new diagnosis. A lot of parents were like, oh, this is just an excuse people mm -hmm. are using for kids that can't sit still or mm -hmm. can't behave. And, you know, it's a personality problem. It's not, or a parenting problem. It's not you know, a physiological problem with your brain. And so now that we're, you know, older, you know, a lot of the diagnoses are occurring because people are seeing these memes and these pages, you know, on Instagram, um, it just kind of highlight things about ADHD, ADHD. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's me. Like other people are like that too. Uh huh. Yeah. And then you start like in that endless, endless scroll and mm -hmm. you're like, yep. Next one. Yep. So it's not like a, a medical diagnostic test but you're checking off every single ADHD meme that goes through. Right. And it's like, okay, if it was one here and there, yeah. Like we're all a little neurodivergent. We're all, you know, all over the spectrum in terms of personality and behavior. But when you're starting to notice a pattern, like, yes, yes, yes. 
it's like you're checking off all the all yeah. the things right there. Yeah, that's like you know we. I, that's kind of how we started talking and, you know, just to kind of give everyone a, a look behind the scenes. Like when we had our conversation for episode five, we like knew each other. We were kind of friendly talking, but we weren't like friends. And now, especially after that, after <laughs> the drunk cops. Cops, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no going back after that. That's the glass is broken. Yeah. But, um, so now we've gotten a lot closer and we've, we've talked about a lot more, uh, uh topics and, with that, I've kind of talked to you about more serious things and, and, and you, me, and some of the things that we've talked about, it's kind of, you know, you've sent me these memes. And I'm like, there's no, how, how did like, <laughs> this, is, I could have wrote this and I, and I didn't, it's just, it's crazy. And we talk about it all the time. Like I, as a late teen, early twenties kind of guy was where like, where I would just start kind of imagining things that hadn't happened or could have happened. And I would go to the worst case scenario and, you know, I was like, well, that's just, that's just me. I'm, you know, I'm depressed. I've got to be, I've got anxiety or something like that. And then I meet you and you're like, nope, nope, here's a meme. And I'm like, wait a second. How, how'd you know? <laughs> I'm the meme dealer. That's, that's how I know. I don't I make know. them, but I find the best ones. Um, yeah. Especially the science ones and, and things like that. My, my favorite one to do. And I think I, I started out sending her stuff to you, which is kind of when we started this, this, this pattern was uh, Danny Donovan, D-A-N-I uh, Donovan on Instagram. Um, she makes these really cute infographics, like colorful, bright infographics yes. about, you know, living with ADHD. And, you know, I think I was the one where you kind of like went to her page and started scrolling. And we're like, yep, yep, yep. And at that point it's like, yeah, like, you know, I definitely argue you probably have ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I guess we'll start talking about that. Like what is it about ADHD that causes the brain to kind of go off the rails to the point of like looking for the worst case scenario? Cause that's me. Cause I, that's how we started. Cause I started saying how I'm an overthinker and the overthoughts always lead to the most catastrophizing negative. is the, yes. the term for it. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's one part of it. I think, you know, obviously we talk about the inattentiveness, the hyperactivity, um, and, and the pathophysiology, which is kind of like the actual physiological problem in your brain that causes ADHD is not really known. Um, but scientists doing like studies of the brain, like neuroimaging studies, where they can actually look at levels of neurotransmitters being released while you're laying there living on a table, which is so cool to do. Um, they've noticed that there seems to be some issues with the connectivity between your frontal lobe and what's known as your limbic system. So your limbic system covers things like your hypothalamus, your amygdala, your hippocampus. Um, hopefully some of you guys have heard those terms like hippocampus memory. Uh, amygdala is often associated with emotions. Um, hypothalamus secretes hormones uh, and things like that. And your frontal lobe is kind of that executive function. You know, it's higher level thinking. It's kind of what you know, differentiates us from, you know, Harambe, you know, while he has a, a frontal lobe, human ha humans have this very developed prefrontal cortex, which kind of, you know, provides feedback. And that's you know, responsible for higher level thinking, like, you know, okay, cool, it might be awesome to grab a skateboard and skateboard down the Capitol steps. But then your prefrontal co kick, uh, cortex kicks in. And it's like, well, if I do that, you know, what if I fall? What if I break a bone? What if the Capitol Police get me? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know, you start yeah. to have that, you know, regulation that, yeah, you know, the excitement of, of wanting to, you know, shred or whatever it's called down, <laughs> you know, the Capitol steps on a skateboard would be really cool. And that's kind of your amygdala getting excited and your, your emotional feelings about it. But then your frontal cortex is going to, you know, regulate that and be like, you know, logically, probably not the best idea. 
So mm-hmm. saying with ADHD that there may be some sort of, you know, connection issue, you know, a bad call, you know, call dropping, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, the rapid cycling thoughts and the catastrophizing may just be kind of hyperactive firing in your brain potentially. Um, and that's also a symptom of anxiety though, too. It's not just, you know, unique to catastrophizing is not unique to ADHD. Um, but a lot of times too, you'll see anxiety in people with ADHD that mm-hmm. oftentimes when they which get makes sense because yeah because which makes sense because your brain's not shutting off so you're just constantly thinking and that's that's anxiety that's making you anxious well and another aspect of it is too like so yes they do exist comorbidly where you have both but sometimes it's due to a lack of the proper treatment and care for ADHD that causes you know problems with life functioning your job, you know, relationship mm-hmm, issues are mm-hmm. a huge problem with ADHD, especially if you don't understand it. Um, and so, you know, you could go through a really bad breakup and end up, you know, in therapy for depression. And it's like, then they realize that, Hey, like, okay, yes, you are depressed right now due to the breakup, but it was caused by, you know, issues with like rejection, sensitive dysphoria in a relationship or just, you know, the clashing of, you know, maybe OCD with ADHD or something like that. And that's actually the true cause of kind of what's what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty it's pretty interesting in that aspect. But it is a lot of rapid firing, and that your brain just doesn't seem to turn off like even when you want it to. Yeah, like especially at night <laughs> when you're trying uh-huh. to sleep. Right. I I think of that meme where like the guy's sleeping in bed and he's like like the brain's talking to him is like, "Hey, are you awake?" He's like, "No, we're trying to sleep." He's like, "Yeah, but remember that thing you said in second grade, <laughs> like." That's so me. And I mean, I'm sure that's a lot of people. I think what I've kind of come to now is like mindfulness and like being aware of the thoughts and like when I'm going not crazy, but you know, when, when I consider myself going crazy, when my mind is just going like, all right, all right, hold on a second. These are thoughts. Let's, let's, let's reel it back in, which is, that is a, a task and a half. Like that's, that's tough by itself. Well, the best treatment for ADHD is a combination of meds with behavioral therapy to like, you know, help you catch yourself and be aware of things like this. But to interject really fast again, another mm-hmm. ADHD thought, my favorite one about ADHD and sleeping is it's like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to go to sleep. I'm trying to count sheep. And it's like one, two, cow, chicken, sheep, old McDonald's mm-hmm. had a farm, hey, <laughs> because yeah, your brain yeah. is, is jumping to all these related topics. And it just doesn't seem to turn off, which is, again, mm-hmm. where, you know, having those meds and having uh, a behavioral therapy can really help, you know, control that. Um, because sometimes all you need is just kind of that little extra step to, like, help manage it a little bit better. Right. Yeah. Some of the things that I've noticed at work that I've had issues with, again, we, we talk about the date thing and, and like, hey, weren't you supposed to be at court yesterday? Like that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But also like, you know, you kind of, cause obviously law enforcement and first responders, high paced job. So things are going fast anyway, but now your brain's going fast and you got all these things going on and I've gotten better at kind of catching myself and like kind of pre-planning my day, not even my day. Like my, I always like pat myself on the back when I do things like proactively <laughs> yes. and it's like, you know, if I arrest somebody and I got to go take his evidence or whatever to the. Uh, the property room. I always, I used to just like forget about the case number because I can't remember that many numbers on the way in. And then I go in, I'd either look it up on the computer or I radio into dispatch and they get mad. Like, dude, we just gave it to you 17 times. 
So what I do sometimes, I'll write the, the case number like on my hand or whatever. And then like, I'll be like, oh, what's that case number? I'm so fucking smart. Look at me right there. Like, you know what I mean? Like I start doing these little tricks and hacks and things like that. Like, is that pretty common too? You see that? It's coping mechanisms. You know, yeah. you're a neurodivergent person trying to fit into a very structured, organized world, you know, that looks poorly, you know, the world is not very accepting of neurodivergent people. I mean, it's getting better, but it's still, you know, not there fully. And so when you're stuck on this nine to five schedule and that, you know, just really doesn't work with you because you're up till 3 a.m., you know, just your brain going crazy and, and, and just thinking about all these different things, you know, that it doesn't really work for you and, and, and society can kind of suck. And so we find our way, like I find ourselves, um, you know, doing these coping mechanisms and, and, and psychology will sometimes call it, call it camouflaging where mm-hmm. you're trying to fit in and so you're doing things to help control the symptoms. Um, you know, mine was sticky notes, um, mm-hmm. which sucks mm-hmm. though, because I don't write down the context of the sticky note. So right. I could be writing down dilutions for an experiment or something or on my gloves in lab. That was the worst because then I'd spray alcohol on my gloves to clean them after and I'd take off all the ink and it's like, well, fuck, like that was, <laughs> yeah, that was everything yeah. I, did, I don't remember. Um, you know, so we do find ourselves, you know, doing things to try to help survive in this, you know, very structured world that may not always work for us. Right. And so my question with that is, you know, you talked about medicine and, and things that will help treat it. And we're going to go into like that in, in, in a whole in just a second. But I know myself included is when you're going to take something that's going to kind of calm you down and calm things in our job. Uh, you can't be too calm. You can't be too <laughs> mellowed out. You know, there needs to be that excitability, of course, if, if things go bad or whatever it might be. So what would you say to someone that's kind of hesitant? Like, man, I don't, I don't know about this whole medication thing because while they're trying to get the dosage right, that could make me a liability at work. Yeah. Uh, and that, those are all valid concerns. Um, you know, I think a really good tip is finding a good psychiatrist you know, don't just start off on meds right away, you know, sit down with them, develop a relationship with them, get to know them before, you know, just saying, oh, my first visit, you don't really know me, let's try these meds. Um, You know, I was worried that people would think less of me, um, or Mm -hmm. that I didn't truly earn my PhD, because I took, you know, Adderall to survive. When so, you know, I, I would skip out on taking it, you know, I had a really good relationship with my psychiatrist, you know, she was like, you know, your life would be so much better if you did this. And it's like, I just can't live with the fact that what if I turn around one day and someone's like, you didn't earn this, you know, the Adderall earned it. So I ended mm. up not taking it at all during my PhD. And that just made life so much more difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's like, once you finally start taking meds, and you find something that works. And you and you, you know, just realize that you were wrong all along. And like, you know, it, it's an amazing feeling to, to just feel that clarity for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and there are ways around it. Like, you know, talking, telling your concerns to your doctor is a great idea of working with it. You know, I, I did talk to her that, uh, you know, I do know that I'm, especially with ADHD, you're more prone to kind of addictive like behaviors mm-hmm. and like that COMT mutation we talked about before with police officers, um, you know, that also prones you to, more addictive behaviors, you know, caffeine, nurses, whatever, (laughs) you know, the forbidden fruit um, that I was worried about that. So, you know, talking to my doctor and saying like, Hey, I'm worried about taking Adderall because, you know, it's dextroamphetamine. It's related to methamphetamine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, you know, what if I get meth teeth or like, you know, I don't want to be this drugged out. Anything. Yeah. 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 I I don't want to be numb. I don't want to, 
I remember we valid concerns. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were doing a um a search warrant and we found Ritalin in the guy's closet and when but we didn't know it was Ritalin, it was just a pill. We <laughs> looked it up and it just said amphetamine. I was like, shit, man, like they don't even mince words with that one. Yeah, no, and and I think that's the interesting thing with science. Um, you know, and I mean biochemistry is not my 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 forte, but it's interesting how, you know, a couple of those extra letters in these, these science and chemical names actually make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You know, meth is methamphetamine. Adderall is uh, dextroamphetamine. And it, it, they're named based on their chemical structures. And even these slight differences in the compounds is enough, you know, to help provide, you know, some distinction between the two. And, and yes, Adderall does come, you know, with risks of, you know, addiction, especially at high doses. Sure. But when I talked to my psychiatrist and I was like, you know, these are my concerns. This is what I'm worried about. We settled on trying a child's dose, you know, in the size of a dude. And, you know, I'm a six foot, probably 190. Um, so a large human being, I could definitely take way more than five milligrams. But, you know, just with my concerns, we try just this child's dose. It's a very starting dose, you know, the lowest possible. And it's enough to just give me that extra step you know, to help control the racing thoughts. And when I'm emotionally charged and kind of, you know, I, and that's the worst part, you know, you're going off a deep end, mm-hmm. but your brain's but doing you can't it anyway. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. And so it's that, you know, dichotomy of, of, of realizing the thought process is illogical and not rational and that you're freaking out, but also not being able to control it. You mm-hmm. know, that, you know, taking a child's dose of Adderall for me is enough to just kind of tip the scale in the favor of that logical, like, Hey, Elizabeth, calm yourself down. Um, blue line grit doesn't hate you, <laughs> which was a concern. I'm sorry, dude. I really am. <laughs> um, but like, you know, stuff like that, just completely emotional overreaction. But I feel bad saying overreaction because, you know, if you're if you're feeling it, it's real. Yeah. You know, but especially when you're in your own head and, and for you, you know, it's an overreaction. It's, you know, rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that, that's been me for the past couple of weeks. Like, you know, things just kind of spiraling out of control and I know it, I'm like, here we go again, but I just can't get the reins on it. And like, you know, I'll have a good day. It's usually the day I see my therapist and it's just like, then after that, the dogs just go and it's like, ah, shit, there they go. Like every time yeah. I think my ducks are in a row, one of those fuckers wanders off. That's what the saying is, right? Yeah. It's at um, a rave. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. What about, um, as far as like, what aggravates ADD or ADHD? Like, like would caffeine or other stimulants kind of go, you know, make it go off the rails or. And that's a fascinating question because it does vary. Again, this is a spectrum. And so not everyone will fall, you know, into this. Um, but for a lot of ADHD people, some of the first and earliest identifiable signs is like identifiable signs was the fact that caffeine and stimulants don't really do anything to you. If anything, uh-huh. you feel not really calm per se, but more clear. And it's not like that clarity that comes with, you know, being awake. It's it's just, it's calm in your head. And it's mm-hmm. not, you know, calm in a bad way. Like, you know, you have to be alert um, in your jobs. But it's like, I used to drink a pot of coffee and go right to sleep. Yeah. Yep. And meanwhile, that'll, you know, fuck somebody else up. And, um, you know, stimulants are interesting. You know, it seems really counterintuitive to give stimulants to someone with, hyperactivity in the disorder name. Um, but how a lot of these stimulants work um, is that they can increase dopamine in your brain. And that's something, you know, people with ADHD struggle with. They don't have enough. Well, one of the theories is 
either they don't have enough dopamine or there are issues with the dopamine receptors or maybe where they're located, you know, a couple different theories. And it could be different for different people. But in the end, it produces kind of this, you know, difficulty controlling your emotions, scatterbrain, you know, hyperactive all over the place, kind of searching for that next high. Mm-hmm. And stimulants help because it can pr- help produce dopamine, which once you've had enough, you know, you have the right amount of dopamine in your brain can actually kind of calm you and keep you kind of level or baseline is, is like yeah, is yeah. a better term for it. Gotcha. So basically what you're saying is cops are more prone to, you know, these risky dopamine uh, driven <laughs> behaviors and now cops with ADHD, they're not getting enough dopamine anyway. So, you know, if you're with me, if you're like me, ADHD and then a cop, we're just screwed guys. Let's just, <laughs> I wasn't a joke about that, um, but I didn't think it was appropriate coming from an outsider, but you know, it, it is an idea. And like I mentioned in, in episode five for a very overwhelmingly studied field, we still don't know a lot about neuroscience and some cool things that, you know, the fact that there are, you know, a couple main players in terms of your neurotransmitters and just issues with a little bit here and there can just, you know, really throw you off. And the really interesting thing to tie back to episode five, COMT, which is, you know, the mutations we were talking about Mm -hmm. before with the warrior and the worrier, COMT helps break down dopamine and norepinephrine, which are the two main neurotransmitters highly linked to ADHD. Um, so, you know, it does play a role in it. And, and more than likely, my theory is they're probably going to be connected in some way, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you are driven to the dopamine type behaviors. I, I mean, my very, uh, I guess, contentious theory that maybe science might not agree with me on. Um, and again, this is a theory. I need to do you know experiments and all that. I'm going to argue that police are probably drawn to the job, you know, not just that warrior, warrior phenotype and wanting to protect, but also because it fits your personalities. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a job you can thrive in being neurodivergent, you know, having night shift. Like I absolutely would love being on night shift. That's just, you know, when I feel most alert and myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so having a police job where, you know, technically you could request night shift if you wanted shout out to Frank who prefers it over a uh, red gun. Um, <laughs> I'm convinced Frank is ADHD too. Red, not so much, but Frank, yes. Yeah, I believe that. But, you know, having that, the fact that you guys have a lot of excitement because, you know, ADHD tend to kind of drop off mentally when they're not excited about something. They're not stimulated by it. You know, law enforcement has the attraction of you never know what you're going to see every day. You know, I mean, you know, kind of broadly the types of things you're going to see, but it's different every day. Um, Every situation is different. You get the excitement. You get to interact with a lot of different people. Um, you know, you're, you're allowed to move around. Like you patrol, you drive for You're not sitting at a desk all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd believe you probably got, you guys without realizing it, um, are attracted to the job just because your brain fits for it. Sure. And I mean, that, that makes sense as well. Cause if you think of like, if you talk to a bunch of cops, let's, you know, we're talking experiments here. You talk to 10 cops and you say, Hey, what'd you do before you were a cop? Or what are you going to do if you weren't a cop? And they're going to say it's something outdoors. They're going to say it's something where they're moving around. It's not going to be, Oh, well, I'd rather, you know, work at Wendy's and, and sift fries. I'm not going to be sitting at an office, things like that. And I think that goes exactly to what you're saying is that, you know, you need something with high levels of variability, not just, Hey, you know, square boxes going into square holes for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. Novelty and stimulation are some of the most attractive uh, features. 
that ADHD people look for. Um, you know, which you know, has its cons when, you know, the novelty is the new nurse <laughs> or the new mm-hmm. dispatcher. Um, right, right. But yeah, that's, I mean, I, I think it fits your personality types very, very well. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as medications and things used to treat ADHD and, and things like what what's out there, obviously, like we said in the beginning, you're not a medical doctor, but you know, you've obviously done some research personally and just uh, I've tried objectively. drugs. <laughs> I'm just yeah, yeah, I've tried, I've tried yeah. prescription drugs, you know, that my doctor has given me. Um, and I'm the <laughs> asshole that wants to know why. I'm just not going to take something if I don't know how it works. And so she she knew that. And so she'd start sending me, uh, you know, the research papers that were done to figure out how this drug actually works in the brain. Um, and, to and convince you are, me that uh, I'd want to take it. <laughs> right. And you are of the high intellect to understand what she's handing you. So uh, since a lot of us, myself included, are not, uh, can you kind of explain what is uh, what's out there and what it does? And, you know, maybe hopefully guys that are like, man, I'm feeling like a, you know, a coked up uh, velociraptor on shift, maybe I can go and uh, explore this. So what's out yeah. there? So you got a couple different options. And one, I do want to preface you guys are not dumb. You know, you think a different way, you process a different way, does not make you dumb at all. Um, I'm still don't think I could ever memorize all the 10 codes if I wanted to. And you guys do this and drop, you know, what 10 codes and disposition codes and all these other things and you're fine. Yeah, I couldn't do that. So, you know, everyone's <laughs> smart in their own little way. But you've got a couple different classes of drugs out there. And, and they're split into two main, you know, categories. You have your stimulants and your non-stimulants. And so for people who are more worried about, you know, oh, God, what if this does make me, like, coked out or whatever, which it most likely shouldn't. You know, again, it has that opposite effect than what you think if you're ADHD. Um, but if you're, you know, worried about the stimulants, you have the non-stimulant class. And to go back to your stimulants, your stimulants are going to be like your Adderall, your Ritalin, your Vyvanse. Uh, and those are chemically related to, you know, methamphetamine. They're in the amphetamines. They are the, you know, stimulants. You know, they help produce, you know, more dopamine in the brain is one of the main theories behind, you know, how they work. Um, a lot of people with, though, with Ritalin, Ritalin's one of the older drugs. Um, Ritalin is notorious for having what's known as a Ritalin crash. Well, you just kind of, for me, when I took it, I got really ragey, like couldn't tell you why I was angry. Couldn't tell you what was going on. I was just physically uncomfortable. Like my brain was uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I just get inappropriately angry. So, you know, I'd, I'd go oh. to the gym and, and burn it off, but that is something to, to be aware about. And, you know, if you're worried about things like that, you know, ask your doctor about the side effects, you know, express your concerns. Again, the best way to find the drugs that are going to work for you are having this, you know, opening up and having this good relationship with your doctor. And also finding a good doctor. If you don't feel heard or listened to, or you think they're blowing you off, get a new doctor. There are plenty of ones out there. Um, But for the ones who are worried about stimulants, um, you have things called the non-stimulant drugs. And most of them are what's known as SNRIs, which are selective norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. It's a mouthful. There's going to be a spelling test after this. Yeah. Um, so basically what they do is rather than producing more dopamine or norepinephrine in your brain, they prevent the breakdown of the produced norepinephrine. Um, so kind of how neurotransmitters work, your neurons secrete these neurotransmitters, which go across this little thing known as you know, the synaptic cleft. It's the space between two neurons. And then they're then taken up by the other neuron on the other side. And this is how your brain speaks and talks to each other and you know the neurons connect and you know 
all the pathways and excitement and all that fun stuff. But sometimes like extra neurotransmitters left in this space known as a synaptic cleft can be broken down by your body. Your body doesn't want excess lying around. But, you know, say you don't have a lot of norepinephrine receptors or dopamine receptors, which is another theory. It's like um, having a bunch of ping pong balls being released, but you only have two holes for those ping pong balls to go into. Sorry, mm. that sounded really sexual as I was saying it, and I couldn't take That's it That's what she said. Um, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's like that. You know, if you've only got, you know, if, if you're releasing 15 ping pong balls and you only have two holes, two get through and that, you know, 13 right. lives get mm-hmm. broken down and then you're not getting enough that you need. So if, if that's one of the causes, you don't, you don't have enough receptors, that'll be a problem. You know, ideally you'd want 15 ping pong balls released, 15 holes, you know, to get the ping pong balls. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes it's, you have 15 holes and two ping pong balls get released. So, you know, that's kind of the, the two opposite ways that right, potentially right. cause this. And the cool thing about the SNRIs is that they prevent that breakdown of you know, those 15 ping pong balls. So yeah, while two get through, rather than those other 13 getting broken down, they just hang out there until two move through and then the next two and the next two and the next two. And so you kind of have this like steady state of, you know, the right amount of hormone kind of going through. And so that's kind of how they work. You know, so if you're worried about, you know, being on a stimulant, maybe um, a non-stimulant SNRI would work for you. Because in the cool thing, like, a brief breakdown of kind of how you get these neurotransmitters. Um, most of the probably gym guys in here would know this, but if you've ever heard of phenylalanine, um, that's one of the amino acids your body needs to function. It's found highly in protein. And, you know, so guys who are supplementing all their gym stuff, you know, take a look at your, your bottle of BCAAs or EAAs or your protein powder and turn it around and you'll see phenylalanine on it. And phenylalanine with all these different extra you know, chemicals and co-receptors and stuff gets broken down into tyrosine, then it gets broken down into L-dopa, and then it gets broken down into dopamine, which is further broken down into epinephrine. So it's kind of this like downstream, you know, effect that everything in science is kind of connected and interrelated. Right, like a Russian nesting doll. Yes, yes, indeed. Just with a lot more <laughs> things going <laughs> yeah. on in between. Um, but with that too, you know, people are also noticing you know, if you're really concerned about trying any kind of meds, some people are able to manage it alone, you know, watching their diet and their exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, diet and exercise is great in general. I know a lot of people feel really strongly about that. You know, being healthy and, and, and getting the nutrients you need is critical for your body functioning the way it's supposed to. Um, there are some people who swear by just doing a higher protein diet for controlling their ADHD because protein contains phenylalanine which then gets broken down into your dopamine and your norepinephrine, which is what mm-hmm. you know, ADHD mm-hmm. brains need. Um, other people use things like your omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, because those are involved in brain development and can help with your neuron connections in your brain. And so some people you know, just do really well supplementing like fish oil and um, you know, additional protein in their diet and cutting out simple carbs. Because <laughs> one of my favorite and sad things about ADHD you know, simple carbs can, one of the theories behind it is that they can produce, you know, and stimulate the dopaminergic pathways mm-hmm. and kind of give you that dopamine release. So, you know, donuts make you happy. Yes, they, yes, they very much do. Absolutely. Um, pizza, um, French fries, you know, all the, <laughs> the good, bad stuff um, can give you that dopamine boost. And so, you know, a lot of times people with ADHD, especially when they're struggling, can go for like kind of like carb binges because they're looking mm-hmm. for that quick fix 
or nicotine or sex or whatever, because they're trying to self-medicate. And, um, you know, once you kind of get through that and you start getting into like that healthier diet, it's like basically what Nick Wall is doing. He's mm-hmm. doing your complex carbs. He's doing your high protein. Uh, shout out to him. <laughs> you know, that that can actually help alleviate your symptoms. Now, it may not be a, you know, quote unquote, cure all for all people, but can definitely help. You know, at least it's not going to hurt you. Um, you know, so if you're really worried about, you know, taking any kind of meds, you know, it, it's a good thing to try. You know, again, I still think meds are fantastic uh, because, you know, it's not a personality disorder. You know, it's not that you can't regulate your emotions. It's that literally you have problems with receptors in your brain or your brain is not making enough of the chemical that it needs for you to function fully. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's not on you. That's a physiological problem. Right. And as far as like all ADHD studies are going, they haven't found specifically what genes are involved. And probably it's a bunch of different varieties or ADHD may actually be a disorder characterized by a lot of different types of genetic disorders. Um, you know, but with twin studies, they found that it's highly heritable. You know, ADHD seems to run in families, which is again, too, probably why a lot of cops and first right, responders right. are in the same kind of families. Um, and so, you know, there may not be one treatment that works for all, but you know, there are things you can do to manage and, and help it. And, and the drugs really, when you get it right and it works for you, it's amazing just how clear and calm you feel. And it's not like mm-hmm. the calm and that like you're, you're sedated calm. It's the calm is that like you're finally at peace mm-hmm. and like, you know, it, it, you're able to manage kind of the chaos going on in your head. And it's just a fantastic feeling, you know, when you get it right. Right, exactly. And you think about how much more efficient you're going to be at work, at home, when, you know, you finally reach that calm. And that's really what, when you and I were talking, was what kind of had me go down this rabbit hole myself. And like, I want to figure out what's going on, because I'm pretty good at my job. But imagine if I was more efficient at it, because my brain kind of shuts up for a minute. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm still, you know, I've, I've had my counselor for about a month, month and a half now. No, probably more than that. But anyway, point being, it's it's obviously working. So uh, all great ideas. Do you have anything else that you want to add in the realm of for people that were, you know, still looking into this and unsure? Yeah, uh, I'd say again, especially if they're worried about, you know, taking drugs or they, they're worried about medication, they're worried that people might think less of them. Um, you fight your brain so much. I think that's the worst part about functioning with ADHD is that yes, you're able to function normally. And yes, you're able like quote unquote normally, nor there's no such thing as normal. You're able to function normally and you're able to get your job done. And yeah, you find those tricks and those hacks to like, make sure that you make the deadlines, you know what you're doing. Mm. You know, you've got those fail safes in place so you don't get in trouble. But like when you take out all that extra fear and that energy that you're wasting fighting yourself just to function, it's amazing. Like if I don't have to leave sticky notes around the house, like it's one less thing on your plate that you don't realize probably is weighing you down too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you know, if you're trying to, to focus on a patrol and you're you know, surveilling and you're getting bored and you're distracted and you want to move your leg and you're like, ah, I need to fidget. And you can't like, you're currently not just fighting to like do your job and focus and like look for the suspect or whatever. You're also fighting yourself and your urges to move, go for a run you know, look at everything else, like, ah, you know, kind of that chaos. Mm-hmm. And when you get rid of that extra level of just energy that you are wasting fighting yourself, because you can, you know, control your emotions a little bit more, 
you know, it's fantastic. You'll also notice like increase in quality of your relationships. Um, a big thing that people don't really talk about with ADHD is rejection sensitive dysphoria, which is kind of the mm-hmm. term they slap on it. And everyone's like, yeah, you know, everyone feels bad after a breakup. Everyone feels bad if they're rejected by society. And yeah, that does play a role, but they're showing that people with ADHD, you know, feel that more strongly. It plays back into that limbic system being involved in ADHD that, you know, your amygdala is overactivated. You could be, you know, prone to more anger, you know, even perceived or like slight, you know, perceptions that, oh, hey, they don't like me. Like, even if Uh they don't matter, it doesn't, you know, that's the thing I keep referring back to blue line grit. Like there was one time it just like unfollowed me briefly. You hear that blue line grit doesn't matter. (laughs) But I don't know who he is in person. You know, he he doesn't directly affect my life, you know, Mm -hmm. per se. Like he's not involved in my job. He's not involved in my personal life. In the grand scheme of the world, you know, there's no real that direct impact. I love his friendship and I love the memes. But for that perceived rejection of, oh, hey, he might not like me. Like I was so devastated and I was just wrecked for a week. And it's like, he doesn't like, it's nothing. I was quote unquote overreacting. It's not really an overreaction because, you know, it's physiologically and emotionally what I was experiencing, but it was just misplaced inappropriate fear of rejection. Or like if an anti-vaxxer gets mad at me once, it's like, just, I take it personally. And that's Mm -hmm. not, you know. Like, I know it's, I know it's inappropriate. <laughs> right. But meanwhile, your friendship with Frank is doing just fine. I love Frank. Frank's the best. <laughs> Red's great too. And yeah. you're great as well. Uh, it's okay. nice. You know, a lot of, a lot of similar personality types will be, you know, attracted to each other to hang out with each other because it's like, they get it. And then you don't have to explain the weird, like, if you disappear, I'm not taking it personally. Like, oh, hey, he hates me. It's like, he's busy. He's distracted. You know, he yeah. found a squirrel. He's chasing a exactly. squirrel. Exactly. He's chasing a squirrel. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, you know, it. It does help. Yeah. And what you were saying, uh, I can't remember what you called it. Rejection. Rejection sensitive dysphoria. That one, man, that is so me. Um, you know, I worked with someone for over a year and we just didn't get along and I didn't know why. And I just kind of whatever. And, you know, kind of, and then it comes down to one night drinking at a bar and I'm like, bro, what's, what's the issue? Why, why, why are we beefing? Like we've never had a long enough conversation to figure out that you don't like me, at least figure it out. <laughs> and they were like, I, I don't dislike you. I'm just awkward. And I just don't talk to people. And I was like, Oh, well now I and feel like, like hyper obsessed and focus on it. And you're like, fuck, why don't you like me? Right. Right. And, and then what my, what my counselor will say is, well, now you're off putting to them. Cause now you're like super aggressive about disliking them because you think they dislike. And it's just a bad like spiral to be in. I'm sorry to every guy I ever dated in high school. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> you know, like even if I dumped them, I was fucked up after it's like, this is like, you're not going to get along with everybody, but just, you know, taking everything way too personally. And again, that's that emotional regulate. Like I, logically in my head it's like okay cool i'm gonna date other guys there are plenty of people out there they'll be taller other people. <laughs> like you know better qualities to bring to the table whatever and i just get so hung up on it and logically like i knew fuck it it doesn't matter but i just get so emotionally hung up on it and that's again that kind of executive dysfunction and inability to kind of regulate your emotions and kind of keep them in check yeah so you know a lot of a lot of people with adhd do struggle with you know, interpersonal relationships. Um, so it is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. If, uh, if someone's looking to get more information on ADHD, if they're like, you know, you've kind of 
broke the surface. Now they want to dive in. What resources do you suggest that they look at first? Uh, <laughs> my very first one, my diagnostic criteria, Danny Donovan's Instagram page. I, yeah, I adore it. I, I just think it's, it's, it's peaceful. And especially if you're having a rough day to look and see these, you know, you know they're colorful cartoons. It is you know, entertaining and distracting and stimulating. Um, but it is nice to kind of have that, that feeling of, Hey, I'm not alone. You know, and other people experience this, and that kind of you know brings peace to it. Um, they have a pretty decent magazine out there called Attitude. I think it's spelled A D D I T U D E. Um, and you know, the doctor who founded that, you know, does include some some pretty useful articles about it. Um, the National Institute of Mental Health (NIMH) has resources out there, uh, and then I believe it's Psychology Today that has yeah, I think that's a what you sent me. therapist finder where you can actually go on there and like, you know, search for therapists in your area. Like say you only want to speak with women or say you only want to maybe have religious considerations and you'd like to, you're Muslim and you'd only like to speak with a Muslim counselor or, um, you know, cultural or, you know, certain age bracket, things like that. You can put up the criteria to help find a therapist that you're more likely to mesh with, which makes that whole process of like, finding someone easier. And again, it's like dating. You're not going to get along with everybody, but eventually you'll find someone that like, you know, Hey, maybe they're your new you know, quote unquote best friend. Um, yeah. So you can use that. Um, I know police insurance is actually you know, for the most part tends to be pretty good in terms of health insurance, mm-hmm. um, but you can always call or like check out whatever your health insurance company is and request a list of psychiatrists and therapists in your area Right, and then you, just cross cross reference the two lists and find yeah, what works. Like, yeah, NCIC, but but just Google. <laughs> just yeah. Google it. And no, I mean they've got experience with like adult ADHD is super super useful. Yep, that's and that's how I found my guy. You sent me the Psychology Today, and I went through and made sure they were covered by my insurance. Just needed a uh, referral, and we're good to go. Yeah, and a lot of them don't even need referrals now. Uh, and a lot of them do even have like virtual appointments and like, which can mm-hmm. make it super, super easy. That's like the one nice thing coming out of COVID is like being able to go to therapy from, you know, your apartment and your PJs or your sweatpants or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, but I'll nice. recommend don't do it while you're driving because I had a buddy. He tried to do it while he was driving because it was the only time he had. And the doctor was like, nope, hang up. That's and so like, dangerous. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just keep that in mind. And I know a lot of people... Uh, hype, uh, that's not the word, but live in their cars, so to speak, because um, we're always working, always on the go. But just keep that in mind, too. So, well, yeah, yes, parking lot. Walgreens, you know, do peach the fuzz and just hang out in the McDonald's parking lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, Elizabeth, we're going to end today, but what we're going to do, because you've already played Signal 3, and I'm trying to phase that out a little bit, we're going to do a different thing. We're going to play okay. overrated, underrated. <gasps> Whew, okay. <laughs> Don't judge me. Don't judge me. So um, I had one list. We're going to do it a little differently this time, and we'll see how you do it. So tell me if things are overrated, if they're underrated, or if they're um, accurately rated. Okay. Okay? Here we go. Dogs wearing sunglasses. Underrated. Okay, I agree. Dogs anything, underrated. (laughs) Fireworks. Oh, worth the hype. Gotcha. The word manifesto. Ooh, that's a nice word. I like that. We're going to say right. un- underrated. It's better than st- stimming. Stimming is a weird word. That is a weird one. That's what they use to but, describe ADHD ticks. Stimming. <laughs> okay. Uh, helicopters. Overrated? No preference. Okay. Yeah, we'll Don't ever want to go in one ever. <laughs> uh, straight men winking at each other. 
<laughs> underrated. Underrated. That's going to be uh, so underrated. That's going to be the Jersey Boys at the uh, Street Cop Conference. We're just going to be walking by, winking at each other. We won't really know what blue line grit looks like, but we'll just wink at every guy. God, yes, I will. I just want to see this. I just I want to witness that. <laughs> um, cowboy hats overrated. Laser tag underrated. The Guinness Book of World Records overrated. Hot dog eating competitions overrated. <laughs> Walking up a wheelchair ramp as an able-bodied person is it leg day? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, middle ground. Whatever that is, neutral. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, falconry. What is that? Study of uh, birds. Like, <laughs> no, like when you're like training a falcon to like do carrier, carrier pigeons. Um. Yeah, something like that, but with a falcon. Overrated. Okay. Um, security guards. Hospital cops or generic <laughs> generic security. Um, neutral. Quick, uh, sorry, quicksand. Oh, so underrated. Like, who else spent their childhood preparing for, like, the guaranteed encounter they were going to have with quicksand in their lifetime? Yeah, and I have yet to see quicksand, it. ever. Quicksand, yep. Bermuda Triangle. I mm-hmm. over-prepared for the Bermuda Triangle, and I have, I'm probably never even going to fly over it. Like, exactly, yep. The fuck? I agree. <laughs> uh, the, the 1990s. <sighs> underrated. Okay. Shaking hands. Neutral. The Office. Underrated. Sorry. Friends. Overrated. Parks and Rec. Neutral. How I Met Your Mother. Underrated to neutral. Okay. And the last question is not overrated, underrated, but I need a song to uh, end the episode or end the interview with. So if you could pick one song that you are going to own on karaoke, what's it going to be? Oh, I have to, uh, that is not where I was going with that one. Um, I have no idea. I really, oh no, this is stressful. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't sing. I, I'll admit I'm tone deaf. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck. Maybe Toto, Africa by Toto. Okay, that's my right. my bar song. But All I was right. gonna say I thought the question was going uh, <laughs> if you had an ADHD song. Uh, it was okay. really cool. But the song Avalanche by Bring Me the Horizon was written about his struggles with ADHD and finding the right meds and like dealing with all of that so that's what i thought where you were going with it no well i like that better so we use that song okay all right well dr elizabeth dellery once again you have uh educated us and informed us and uh, i really appreciate it and uh thank you very much for hanging out and there will be a pop quiz next episode where you have to spell selective norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor good luck yeah good luck everybody and we will see you again on drunk cops Four cheap date where you're going to be uh, getting shwasted with Peach and whoever loses Drunk Cops 3, which we'll find out this weekend. I have I have high hopes for a specific person, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> All right, Doc. We will see you next time. All right. Sounds good. See you guys. All right. Everyone listening, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
available to take your call at this time. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Officer Y. I'm really not sure why I'm calling. Oh, yeah, I remember. It's 10-8. Y'all, we're talking about police officers with uh, ADHD. you got to remember, back in the day when we would get so bored that we would pull the air conditioner vents out of the front of the car just to have something to do or stick our ink pen in the dashboard. You know, if it was a slow day, you became very creative with how destructive you could get the inside of a car. By the way, tell the little girl that's um, doing the podcast with you. She's great. I, I really think she's fabulous. Um, matter of fact, I have a daughter whose name is uh, Elizabeth also, and I think it's one and the same. Hey, look, you take care. This is uh, uh, Officer Delery from um, uh, Retired New Orleans Police. And whatever. Have a good one, brother. Bye-bye. That's pretty cool. That's a 10-8 first right there. I've never had the father of a guest call in and uh, and put in his two cents because he uh, kind of fits in the topic. So thank you very much to retired Officer Delery, uh, Dr. Delery's father. And uh, that was really cool. I really appreciate that. Thank you for calling in. Um, you know, I, I, I do wish my dad was still alive, multiple reasons. But just to be able to talk to him about the career and the job back then to now um you know he told me some stories but you know he was he was not well um so you know the the stories and things he remembered you know were not the same um you know it's it's very gonna get a little deep here real quick before we transition (laughs) just um i always said that if i could have a beer with my dad when he was healthy because from my freshman year in high school to his passing, he was sick. He, he had multiple, multiple, multiple massive strokes. And, um, you know, he and I had had drinks together and whatever, but different. It's different. So I could, I always said, if I could go back in time and have a beer with him as an adult and just talk, you know, my, my question in Signal 3, you know, who would you have dinner with? Um, if I could cheat and be someone that I did know, uh, it would be my dad. But in that circumstance. But anyway, that's a different story. Anyway, thank you very much to Dr. Delery. I don't know why I did that. Dr. Delery for the conversation. Absolutely amazing. If you guys um, have questions, if you are interested about ADHD, look into the resources that she talked about. Um, absolutely, absolutely amazing. Reach out to her. Reach out to me. I, I'm not a wealth of knowledge like she is, um, but I can definitely give you some pointers um, as I'm starting to come to terms with things in my brain as well so definitely do it and actually you know if you guys have things that you just want to share 
um, regarding, you know, your own brain and state and like, oh man, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, I do the same thing you do, 108. Like, you know, I have to, I forget the case number and, and things like that. Give me a call. I love talking about this. I love having feedback like this. Like when you guys DM me on Instagram, that's great. But I love bringing those conversations to the forefront and sharing it with everybody. That's the whole point of the podcast is to take these conversations and move them to the forefront. Let people say that, hey, it's not just me. So please give me a call and tell me about it. I'd love to play it on an episode in the future. 352-610-1692. 352-610-1692. Save it in your phone, the 10A podcast. Call whenever you got something to say and I'll be glad to listen to it and play it. As we go to conclude the episode, I'm just going to talk really quick about self-improvement. We've talked about it for a while, kind of took a break from it. Um, What are you doing to improve yourself, to de-stress, you know, find things that you enjoy that you can do that not only better yourself, but relax yourself too? Um, I am currently in the process of doing a couple different things. You might have seen it on the Instagram. If not, if you don't really follow the Instagram that much, uh, let me just explain. So I've got the memes on there and the stories are more personal stuff, right? Like I post, I post pictures of my dogs. I post what I'm doing, um, things like that because, well, I asked a while back if you guys wanted me to split those up and only have the memes on one page and then other content on another page and everyone said, no, keep it together. So that's what I'm doing. But I try to keep the stories more personalized and then the memes obviously are just the, the stream of content. So I am doing that. I, uh, I'm trying to pick up golf. Um, I've gone to the driving range twice as of, uh, as of today. And, uh, you know, we're getting there. The kid's getting there. The kid's got potential. Let me tell you, you know, I'm still shanking balls left and right. Um, a couple grounders, but when I actually get the drive out, whoo, just wait, just wait, just wait. Okay. Um, so I'm doing that. And then one of my favorite Instagrammers, TikTokers, whatever, I don't, I don't have TikTok, but he puts his stuff on Instagram and it came from TikTok. Uh, Nikki Cass, I uh, post him a lot of stuff. He's doing a 5k challenge for lung cancer. Uh, my mom passed away from lung cancer nine years ago, 10 years in August. So I am going to be running the 5k, uh, for him team 10, eight. Um, the link is going to be in my bio on Instagram and it's going to be attached to this episode's description as well. If you want to donate to team 10, eight, absolutely feel free to, um, I've already hit the goal. But I've got the the minimum I think is forty bucks. I've already hit that. Um, but if you guys want to keep donating, it, the the money goes to lung cancer um, survivors and, and those that are suffering with it to to um, improve their quality of life. Um, little backstory I think I've talked about it in the past. My mom was diagnosed and then passed away from lung cancer within a week. She had a very um, advanced stage when she was diagnosed, and she passed away within a week. And it was miserable, such a miserable experience for her. Um, it's very unfortunate. I mean, think about it. Anyone with that's an asthmatic or something like that, when you can't breathe, that is absolutely the worst thing in the world. You know, the cancer is literally strangling you. So, and then there, it, the money also goes towards research for cancer, uh, lung cancer. So please donate it. Uh, the Nikki cast 5k challenge. It's also, there's an Instagram page, follow it, join up. I'm trying to make it so there is a team 10-8. I haven't figured that out yet, but that's the goal. So everyone can join in on my team. But if not, if you just want to run it on your own, it's a virtual 5K. So you can do it. You can run it, walk it, crawl it, whatever. Um, just do it, man. Run, run, um, raise the money and let's uh, let's have some fun with it. Nikki Cass is a great, 
it's a great page and I really hope to collaborate with him in the future. Hopefully he can hear this <laughs> and we'll see. But anyway, so I'm doing that. Um, I'm looking into buying a kayak so I can start kayaking. I uh, did it last year and I loved it. Looking to do it again. So all these things. And then this morning, uh, Thursday morning, so I'm recording this on Wednesday, but Thursday morning I am doing my first Brazilian jiu-jitsu class so I can be one of those guys that does nothing but talk about BJJ, bro. But all things that are improving me and they are relaxing me at the same time. And then, of course, I've been doing the gym and, and things like that. So all these things, what are you doing? What have you done to kind of keep yourself mentally relaxed but also like like improving yourself too? Let me know the number I gave you earlier. Just give me a call, man. Let me know. It's cool. We need to continue this. Anyway, that's going to conclude our episode for today. I really appreciate you guys stopping in, checking it out, having fun with me. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking with the meme lord himself. Poorly made police memes is going to stop by. We're going to talk about policing. We're going to talk about memes. We're going to talk about why he left the job. All great things. It was a great conversation. and I, I think I'll be talking to him again because I really enjoyed it. The hour went too quick. Um, the music today, we started out with africa by weezer then we had monsters by all time low with black bear and demi lovato and then we had avalanche by bring me the horizon and we're going to end with sick joke by neck deep one of my favorite bands great time guys hope you guys enjoyed it i am actually on vacation so i i've been on vacation but i'm actually like leaving um to spend some time with the family so i will not be on the instagram uh for the rest of the week or it's going to be very spotty when i do uh, hopefully I'll be able to get the episode out in time with poorly made. If not, it may be a day late or something, but we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we have to. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for checking us out. Check us out next week. Rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment on the Instagram post. Tell me what you thought of the episode and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week, folks. Take care of each other. Stay safe. 10, eight out.